The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Guess what day it is? It's hump day! Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? Shout out to Humpty. It's hump Keeping day. Keeping in the studio all by my lonesome self. It is me, myself, and I today because, as we know, Brandon is in Chicago. B-Flow is, I don't know where in the world B-Flow is today, but it's just me holding it down. But I hear we have a special guest also joining us from Chicago. Antoine Walker's in the building. What's up, guys? I'm a special guest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, this ain't my first rodeo. No, but I mean, like, you know, special guest, meaning you, it's a surprise that you're here. Well, here in my city, you supposed to got You gotta come see me. You come to here in my city. Okay, talk to me nice. Don't talk to me twice. What's up, guys? How's the shy treating you? Cold, Man, I bet. Your, your your skin looks great today. <laughs> like, Thank you. Did, did you get some sleep? And what did you do anything differently? I always get the lighting sleep. Lighting is just it's hitting perfect. I told you I cleared my roster this cuffing season, so I'm stress free. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's showing on your skin. No, it's good. We're in Chicago. Um, it's been amazing. Um, pulled up on Twan. I didn't know. I didn't know you could sing. So there was a karaoke night. Every is it every is every Monday. Every Monday, yeah. Every Monday there's a karaoke night, and um, he blessed us with a beautiful, a beautiful uh, song selection. Karaoke night where? One of my friends um, does a Monday a Monday night karaoke night. So I always go, I mean, I go uh, quite a bit, but sometimes I perform, Ash. It's like so, a hidden, sometimes I get out and I perform. So I wasn't going to perform, but this uh-huh. is what happened. They wanted Cam and, and Brandy was in the building and they, they wanted to bless the mic. Okay. So they kind of chicken out and did a, try to do a duet. Okay. I can't think the name of the song. They tried to do a duet. <laughs> they was a little nervous. So I had to like calm their nerves and let them feel comfortable. So. I went on and did my my Johnny Gill. Oh, uh, my, my 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 my. See, you that's my joint. That's my song. 
Yeah. I love that song. Wait, so was there like an audience for this? Like, or was it just oh, you yeah, guys yeah. in a karaoke room by yourself? House. Or yeah, packed house. A nice packed house. house? Yeah. Did you get a standing ovation? What was the audience uh, response? Um, I mean, they've seen me perform before, so I'm always going to, you know, get a decent response. But I think they was more excited to see Brandon and, and Cam perform. What did they perform? They picked some. What song did y'all pick? Uh, uh, Cam had Usher, Confessions. Uh huh. I, I, I can't. It was a, a Chicago artist that I that's canceled that uh, we ain't gonna talk about. You saying on. that? Yeah. No, I, I didn't. We don't know. Let's move forward. Let's get into the show. Let's get. Into oh the my! Show. Of all the songs to pick, that's the one you artist to go with. That's the one you went with in public. No, Brandon, no, Brandon, Brandon. You better hope there were no cameras present. That may come full circle. Listen, oh, guys. Welcome to Paper Route. If you are listening on SiriusXM Faction Talk 103, we thank you. Everyone joining us on YouTube, what's up, what's up? We have a jam-packed show today. We're going to talk some NFL, some NBA, and everything in between. Last night, we had some amazing November basketball. The jury's still out if that has anything to do with the in-season tournament. But eight teams are moving forward in that in-season tournament. My New York Knicks being one. Your but uh, the Vic, shout out to VC. I hear him clapping in the in the green room over there. But um, listen, one of the things diving into Monday's headlines, one of the things that has got NBA fans scratching their heads and Warriors fans wanting to break their TVs is the performance from the Golden State Warriors in the clutch last night. We'll dive into that and hear Steve Kerr's explanation or lack thereof. If we will, but uh, Brandon, I know you got something you want to talk about a little bit later on the show too. What you got for us? Yeah, more trash talk. Obviously, we we broke we we broke into this uh, last Super Bowl when we had Debo Samuel's join our Super Bowl set. Um, that went viral. Uh, they're back at it again. This is their rematch, um, and uh, there's more trash talk between the Niners and the Eagles. Ashley, I'm Listen. not sure if you've been. Uh, uh, I'm I'm all in. Hopefully the war, the the Niners can help your girl out. You know, as a Cowboys fan, I, I need them to do a little something for me. I'm 0 for two right now with uh, betting Debo's against the Eagles. Debo's not helping you, but we will talk. We will discuss this later. Well, we shall see. Listen, diving into some NBA talk right now. Big news in the NBA last night, as I mentioned, the Golden State Warriors were eliminated from the first in-season tournament after a tough loss to the Kings. It was an absolutely phenomenal game, back and forth, down to the wire. Golden State now has lost eight of their last ten games, and there has been a lot of chatter about a struggling Clay Thompson um, going to the bench. Now, Clay was asked about it recently, and things got a little bit spicy. Go ahead and roll this. Kirk talks a lot about believing in his guys, especially the starting lineup, won championship not too long ago, having patience, letting guys kind of, you know, find their game. How aware are you of that kind of patience, and, or, and it, how much do you, know, do you value it? What do you, you want me to bench me? No, no, no. It's like that's – Bench some, wigs? <laughs> No, I don't think I said that. Okay. I mean, you can suggest it. It's fine. But, I mean, thanks, Steve, I guess. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you earn these things like patience and time to find yourself. And I think history will uh, is on our side when it comes to that stuff. You say that. Do you, Have you heard people say that? or is, No, is, I don't care what people say. Like, they don't do what we do. 
They can't do what they do. That's why they talk. Why would I? Like, come on. I don't care what people say at this point in my life. <laughs> Next question. All right. So a um, little bit of a, a vibe from Clay Thompson there. Now diving into what happened with the Warriors before we dive into this whole conversation Absolutely just horrible down the clutch. This is everything that went wrong in the last few minutes of the game. They blew a 24-point lead, so they were drastically leading this game. Blew that 24-point lead. Chris Paul and Gary Payton II both leave with injuries. Uh, Two Curry and Draymond turnovers in the final minutes of the game give the Kings life and a chance to ultimately steal the game, which they did. They lose the fourth quarter 29-19. to Like I said, they've lost eight of their last ten games. And the biggest question mark for Warriors fans and basketball fans in general was Moody was having an absolutely incredible game and Steve Kerr's decision to go away from him while he was on an absolute heater, bring in Wiggins, and not bench Clay Thompson. Um, a lot of people were questioning that decision just in itself. Steve Kerr, who obviously has won multiple championships with the Golden State Warriors and has been in the game as a player, as a coach for a very long time, a lot of people were wondering why he would make that decision when Moody was absolutely balling out. So Antoine, I'll start with you. Let's talk about the Steve Kerr decision before we dive into all of the things going wrong with the Golden State Warriors right now. Explain it. Why bench Moody? Absolute heater. That's not the guy you want to put on the bench. Well, I, I'm actually surprised because, you know, it's so early in the season. And, I mean, obviously you don't want to kill a guy's confidence, but you're talking about, a you know, a guy who's a, obviously a perennial all-star, um, a guy who's established in this league. So you don't have to worry about those guys having a bad night. Um, so you, you would think Steve wouldn't have any problem and Clay would understand that he didn't have if he, he didn't have it going. Um it's a tough thing. I think, you know, I think with, with Golden State right now, they don't have any identity. It's different now um, for these guys. They they don't have the same role players that they're used to having. And, you know, and teams still get up for them. You still got big-name guys, you know, you know Curry and, and Thompson and, and, and Draymond. Teams still get up for them. And they have to understand that, you know, they're going to get every team's best punch, and that's what they're getting right now. So they got to adjust their game. They got to figure it out. I think Steve is still trying to figure out who's going to be the role guys to put around those guys to, to contribute. Um, they figured that out in the past where they've got great contribution from different guys on the bench, and they got to get back to that. And I think until they do that, they, they're going to continue to struggle. But you don't think that there's any cause for concern? At, I mean, eight of the last ten games is not great, but also, I mean, in that final four minutes of the game, Moody is has the hot hand. To bring in Wiggins and to bench Moody, but then also Clay Thompson has not looked like Clay Thompson. You, you know, there are politics that go on in locker rooms and in coaching decisions sometimes. Are you surprised that as seasoned as Steve Kerr is, you make that call when the game is on the line? Yeah, but I think one thing you got to understand is that those guys have a, a certain type of relationship, and he's going to, you know, win or lose with those guys, whether they're playing bad or they're playing good. And that's just out of pure respect. That's out of what they've been yeah. able to accomplish yeah. over the last uh. 10 years. And I think he's going to let those guys – he's going to let this end on their own. Uh, I yeah, think but, it's, but, he's not going to, like – he's not going to 
change up game by game. Is is this where, where loyalty is this where loyalty goes wrong though? Have you have you what other situation have we seen um in the in the past where you have one of those guys like a, a pillar of your franchise, one of the faces of your franchise for a long time, a part of a dynasty if we're if this is a dynasty, where they're not playing well, they're aging, and then you say, you know what, now it's time to sit on the bench. Right? Like, mm-hmm. is this loyalty going wrong? Absolutely. It's too early to tell. I, I, it's too early to tell. We have to see more games and more situations. But when you start to lose eight out of ten, yeah. Um, the reason why you try to draft well and develop well is to be able to incorporate these young guys into the rotation. Um, and it's the private talk. I think they've been around each other long enough where yeah. you can have those talks. So if that's taking Steve Kerr going into a room with Clay and Steph and Draymond and say, "Hey, look, we got to incorporate these young guys into the rotation. We got to lean on them a lot right. more. You guys are getting a little older." Um, I think that's the conversation and respect they should have for each other. Yeah. Instead of doing it in this type of manner where where it looks bad yeah. and they have to answer these it, questions at the I, I completely, I, it's loyalty gone wrong to me. It, it, it's The game is on the line. You have the chance to, at this point, though, you know, four minutes left into the game, you had a chance to even enter the in-season tournament. They needed to win by 12 or more to enter the Warriors, that is. So there was plenty of time to make that happen. You can see in the speed in which they were playing, the Warriors already, Seth Curry already runs a mile a minute when he's playing, but they obviously were trying to push that pace even more to make up that point differential. But for me, this is exactly where loyalty goes wrong. I don't know who you put on the bench in that matter, but it shouldn't have been Moody. He was the only one who was on a heater. You don't stop that and put your hottest player on the bench to bring in Wiggins, who was up and down all game. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And I understand that maybe you don't want to shake Clay's confidence. Maybe he's going through things behind the scenes that we don't know. Maybe he's not 100%. He certainly doesn't look 100%. But at that, at that moment in time, you're a coach, it's not a, a friend. You make yeah, that decision, is, and you have the conversation with Clay afterwards. I disagree with the decision-making. It's, it's definitely a tough situation, Ashley, but you got to think, though, like everything they've accomplished – all the highs and lows they've been able to go through. You know, this is this is your guy that's gotten you out of certain situations. So you, it's it's tough for Curry. What have you done for me like, lately, Brandon, as we know? I, I get that. I get that. But this is still the beginning of the year. I mean, they're not sitting in a, a beautiful space. They're sitting at their 10th seat uh, in a Western Conference, right? So, but there's still a lot of basketball, right? So you got to, na- he has to navigate through this situation because you don't want to lose him you know, come the end of the year, right? And so I actually respect Steve Kerr for doing it, but there has to have a, there has to be a conversation moving forward. Like if he doesn't get on track, what are we doing, right? But you can't just at the beginning of the year have your guy Clay that you went to war with, and then all of a sudden you say, I'm, I know you've been in these situations the last 10 years or so, but now we're going to pull you right away. He hasn't had this conversation. It's not being pulled right away, though. We're at the, we're almost into December at this point. So Clay has not been a hundred percent since the start of the season. Clay's been is an NBA vet. He's been through trials and tribulations in this season. You pull out Clay Thompson for, you pull out Clay Thompson. You know for Moody, who's on an absolute sh- or or yeah for an absolute streaker. You don't go ahead. And not do that because you want to coddle his feelings. What you do is what's better for the betterment of the team, for the win and loss record. And you have that conversation with him after the fact. He's a grown man. He'll be okay. I understand what you're saying, but this is what happens. And being the superstar on a team, it's certain situations that you want to be in. Is Clay Thompson a superstar? 
Yeah, of at this stage is. in his he, career. Well, at this stage of his career, of course not. But he's coming. I mean, but he's still a guy that you have a lot of respect for. He's earned the right, and he's he's a champion. This it's a different mentality you're gonna have with this group. He, this is a special group. They're saying this all the way through. I think it's hard. It's hard for Steve to put Steve in that situation where you're gonna where you're gonna bench Clay. It's, it's not. It's just not gonna happen. Unless he unless it was a situation where he didn't had nine, ten games in a row and just haven't delivered, <coughs> then maybe you can do it. You just you can justify it. But it's too early in the season to 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 make that stance. And I and that's what Steve is at. He's gonna play his guys, especially late in the game. No matter unless it was one of those situations where Clay was just I don't know. He had to be like one for 20. You know, right, what I mean? right, one, right. it had to be something really he, drastic well, to be going on for him not to play him late. Well, I do agree with you, Ashley. It's the, it, was, it would have been the best basketball decision. But as a coach and when you're running a team, you got to think about how do we get through the year? And then also, how do you navigate players when they are in slumps, right? Like you telling you, sometimes you telling a player that's in a, in a slump, like, yo, go sit in the corner, might actually have the, the worst negative effect, like the, the worst effect on that player. But sometimes you got to let players play through it, right? Because they're going to, if they want to get to the other side, they're going to need, wouldn't you say, Ashley, they would need a Clay Thompson? Do they need a Clay Thompson? In, that, in the final four minutes of that game? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about this year, like the overall goal, like for them to make, to the, make, it, make it to the playoff, for them to be able to compete which I don't think that they're going to be a really good team this year. I think it's over. I think it's, it's, it's over for them. The, 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 this dynasty is over. But if they think there's still something left, aren't they going to need a clay? Of course. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to let them play through it sometimes. Maybe Steve Kerr, maybe Steve Kerr made that decision. Well, you got to think. They, let's just talk about Golden State as a whole real quick. They made a decision. They re-signed Draymond Green. So when they re-signed Draymond Green, they let you know that they were going to keep this core together mm -hmm. and let them play this thing all the way through. They deserve that right. They've, done, they've had an amazing run. Um, so they're going to play this all the way out. Now, the tough part is that teams are not scared of Golden State anymore. They're going to play them. They know how to play them. That's why you see a young team like Sacramento. They're not scared of Golden State. They're going to play them tough. They're going to defend them. They're going to. So now your veteran guys, you got to try to incorporate young guys into the rotation. That's what Gary Payton second comes in at. Um, Moody, those guys, you want to put them in, um, in the rotation as well. So Steve Kerr has a tough job because your your, your big three, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You, you want to have so much respect for them. And it's like the things that Draymond is doing, all those things. You know, it gets a little now. Now it's, 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 it's you know you're missing five games. You're getting all that stuff. You want that stuff thrown out the window. But they committed to this team. These, these three guys that have done so much for this organization. They all you, paid. Do you think it was the right decision though? Like that, I was shocked that they gave Draymond that big of a deal, right? Like I thought they were going to move mm -hmm. on. I think a lot of people thought they were going to. move you know on. this, and when you when you've had when you've had all different altercations, uh, Draymond Green situation because they have told him time and time again, the lead, stop. And he continues, does things to put them in a bad spot. That's why he got the five games. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason. If he hadn't been down that road before. No, I actually moved, the, I'm talking about, I moved the conversation. I'm saying, I was, we're talking about this big three and Steve Kerr mm -hmm. being in this situation, like it's a tough job for him, right? Because to Ashley's point, right? Like, I do agree with Ashley that Moody, it was the, like, you got to ride with Moody, but as a coach, how do you navigate through one of your guys that you went to war with, you battle with, won 
championships with. How do you how do you navigate him through this? So for me, the question is, did they make the wrong decision by saying we're gonna rock out with these three over the next three three years or so? No, I think they just gave them. I think it's the right thing to do. We don't see this a lot in sports. I mean, these guys had an unbelievable run. Um, they've won championships, and they're just letting them. And they got they got paid. Most of these guys, most of these guys got paid twice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they're on their second deal with the with these organizations. So the team is, they're letting them ride it out, let them finish them. And kind of you know, once they'll know, and that's why they're in the position that they are. They they you can tell now they're trying to take it back in now, uh, uh, being at the top of the Western Conference. So now when you make those decisions. You may have to trade one. Mm-hmm. You may have to let one go. Their minutes may get decreased. Now you can do it because you gave them the full opportunity to keep this thing going. Obviously, you guys are getting to the point where you can't compete at that level anymore. These teams are caught up with you. So now you can bench them. That's 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 what it's come in at now. Steve is giving them the opportunity well, to kind of bury themselves. They earned that, they well, earned that right. I will say this, Ash, last thing I'll say here is he's definitely uh, – he, he's 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 headed towards the bench. Clay <laughs> Clay hasn't been playing well all year. He's headed to the bench. Well, we shall see what goes on with the Golden State Warriors. As we know now, eight teams have are moving forward to the end season tournament. The Warriors will not be one of them. The Kings went ahead and secured that final spot. So congratulations to them. Um, we're gonna move on and talk some football. The game of the weekend is in Philly, and it's a rematch of the NFC East. I'm sorry, the NFC Championship game, and it's the NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles facing on the 49ers. Now, this is a team that a lot of people believed earlier in the season were the favorite to win the NFC, but as we know, the Eagles had some other plans, and now things have shifted towards their favor. Now, the trash talk has been going on, it seems like, for days, and it doesn't show signs of stopping anytime soon. Debo Samuel infamously said this week that he does not regret saying James Bradbury is, quote, trash. Well, now Eagle star Hassan Reddick is jumping into the fight, and he had this to say. You guys got the 49ers next. I know you just got done playing, but you know they did a lot of talking in the, the offseason about what happened in the NFC Championship game last year. How much of that has stayed in the back of your mind ahead of the next week? You know, as this season been going on, not much. Talk is cheap. You know, they get to come back in the link. It was a lot of boo-hoos last year, a lot of crying, a lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot of that. They get a chance to come back in here, line that up and prove it again. All right. Well, listen, before we dive into this conversation, want to go ahead and send a congratulations to a friend of the I Am Athlete family, the Paper Route family. Deshaun Jackson announced that he is retiring as a Philadelphia Eagle today. He will be honored Friday in Philly, and he will be named an honorary team captain at this game on Sunday. Absolutely incredible career, 15 years in the NFL. So, D-Jack, I hope you enjoy retirement, and I know the Philly fans are going to be very excited to see you Sunday for this big game. Uh, You guys want to send any wishes to Deshaun? Yeah, no, congratulations. I know the last couple of years, two, three years, he's been, you know, teetering on this, and so um, I know it was a tough decision for him, and I'm just excited for him. Uh, and, And Philly loves him, man. There's only a few players, not a few players. He's one of those players that his city truly loves. Like, think about him and Shady. Uh, Philly loves them. They love that era. And so it's going to be a cool moment to see him back there and getting that salute. Uh, 
There was cool posts today with the NFL and the Eagles. It was really beautiful. I I, I wasn't expecting it, um, but congratulations to bro. Yeah, congratulations to him. And I think, too, Brandon, you know this, too. It's, this is always a tough decision. I know it was for me when I was like, well, I, I ain't going to chase it no more. Right. And um, But to be able to leave on your own, you know what I mean? I, I think it's always special as a player. You know, we always want to be able to leave the game on our own yeah. and leave it healthy. So I'm, I'm happy for him. He's had a, a monster career. Um, and, and obviously, it's a sad day, but it's a happy day. Yeah, 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 for real. And I know it was tough for him. He he still had the itch, Ashley. He, he did. I when I was when I was still at Sports Illustrated, I actually interviewed him for my show, Laces Out, and he was one of the episodes. And we actually talked about this. We were out in LA, and uh, he said, "Listen, if the right team comes calling, he's ready to go. He still has the itch, as you said." And that was maybe at this point almost two years ago. But he did say in that same conversation that when it was time to hang it up, he would only retire as a Philadelphia Eagle, that that fan base means so much to him. And he considers that the peak of his career as one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen, one of the fastest as well. So congratulations, D-Jack. Um, I know that the Philly fans are going to welcome you with open arms on Sunday in Philly. Um, so getting back to the conversation with Hassan Reddick, this isn't as trash talky as uh, Devo Samuels and James Bradbury, but who benefits more from the trash talk? The Niners, the Eagles, or does nobody win when the family feuds? The Eagles. The Eagles, dude. That's why I said it's, you know, and I know you're 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 really rooting for the 49ers because you're Dallas for your Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> right? But, you know, Devo Samuels is the one that's poking the bear. He started this, right? It wasn't the Philadelphia Eagles. All they're doing is responding to Debo Samuels. And, like, Debo Samuels cool, and they're really good, and he's like that. But, bro, like, you just made you just made it tougher on Sunday. You really <laughs> did. You made it tougher, like, because you got to think about it. Sometimes you peak a little too soon, Ashley and Tuan. This team is what? Are they 10-1? and one? They're 10-1. and one. This could have been a game they went in there, and it's like, you know, we the monotony of the season, their monotony of their routine – it's business as usual. They probably got a little, what's today, Wednesday? So now they're installing first down and second down. They're installing play action. They're installing goal line. There's certain things that we install on Wednesday. They probably got a little bit more pep in their step. Like, think about it. You got somebody on that team, Ashley, running around. Like, if I was the, on, on the Eagles team, I would have came out with a Debo Samuels jersey on. <laughs> when we do one-on-ones against the, I'm, I'm Debo Samuels. What y'all going to do? Right, so there's somebody in that locker room on that team riling up the that 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 organization, and so they're coming with a lot of energy. Watch what happens on well, Sunday. Let, let me ask you Watch. a question. I, obviously, I never played football, but it, does you do you need that? Like, is this some? You no, know, do you need that? Being that you guys don't play a long season, right? I mean, like we know it was 82 games, so you yeah. know you don't you're not gonna hear that in in basketball because it's so many games. But being that the games is not as many games, and every game means so much. Does it really? Is it really trash talking? Because every game means so much in football. That's right. It, yeah. You know what I'm game. saying? Every game. So is it really trash talking? That's what I want. It, it is, but you got to think about it, man. Like, see, even our schedule and our routine is different than y'all. Like, man, y'all be – may correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like y'all be in and out. Bro, some players be there from 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning, till 6 at night. We're mm. watching film two, three times a day, different times. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then we got special teams meeting. We got offensive meeting, defensive meeting. We got 
uh, wide receiver, like our unit meetings. We got walkthroughs. We go to lunch. We go work out. We go back to watch, watch film again. Yeah, it's a lot. Again, bro. And so it's the monotony of that. So now you 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 have like a Debo Samuels to come out and say that. Oh shit! It breaks up the monotony. Now you're out there like, all right, got a little bit more juice. That little bum ankle ain't a bum ankle this week, you know. So that's why I'm saying, Ashley, you need to call Debo Samuels and say, bro, apologize. <laughs> well, let's talk about the advantage here. I mean, looking at this game, it's a lot of advantage on both sides of the ball, and depending on what you want to highlight. Um, you know, the Niners offense, the Niners defense, the Eagles offense, the Eagles defense. So would you say that the Eagles D has more of an advantage or is it the Niners offense or is it vice versa? The Niners D has the advantage and it's the Eagles offense that has the advantage. One more time. You confuse me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's start with this scenario first. In this scenario, who has, in this scenario, who has the advantage? Is it the Niners offense or the Eagles defense? It's the Niners offense, right? Really, listen, really good defense, really good offense. The offense is always going to have the edge, Tuan, because we know where we're going. You got to react to us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the the Eagles have to respond. They're not going to dictate this outcome. You can't just – they can't go out there and say, okay, we're going to go blitz zero. We're going to put pressure on this quarterback. And, no, you're going to get ran out of the stadium. You can't sit back and just play coverage and say, all right, let's keep everything in front. They're going to go on 11, 12 play drives. So it really is um, it really is the, the 49ers offense. They have the advantage, but this defense is set up to where they can definitely slow them down and stop them. So um, Niners offense for sure, but it's going to be a really good matchup. It's a really good matchup. Tuan, any concerns about Jalen Hurts? I mean, obviously that knee – um, is causing him some discomfort, and it has been for weeks. There was actually a photo where it looked like that was trending on um, social media prior to the game uh, last weekend that it looked like his knee had some maybe a little bit of blood coming through his pants. That really? wasn't confirmed, but that's what it looked like. Um, Dan Orlowski actually tweeted it out. He said, what is this? So it's clear that the knee is causing some issue. You can also see it in some of Jalen Hurts' runs or lack thereof. He's not as mobile as we are accustomed to seeing him. Any concerns about him going against this 49ers team um, not maybe being 100%? I think, and you guys can answer this question better better than I can, how important is this game? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's Kind of important. Well, I'm just saying, can he, can he take a week off? You know, you off to a great start. Yeah. Hell no. And yeah, no, they I mean, if you I mean, look you at it, to, if you look at it, I, I think that this is not, I think it's more of a must win for the Niners and the Eagles because the Eagles, yes, is it ideal for them to go into Dallas with a loss and for the chance for the Cowboys to beat the Eagles and then they now have the same record? It's not ideal, but if you look at strength of schedule moving forward, there's a lot more I don't want to say easy, but e- there's an easier schedule for the Eagles these last couple of weeks of the season than there are for the Cowboys. So I don't know if it would make or break their chance to win the division necessarily. I'm, I'm hoping saying, it does. Why, but... not, why not schedule hunt? Like you just talked about the schedule and, and the opponents coming up. Why not set them? You know this game is this game is going to have playoff intensity. Um, you may need to sit in this game so you don't don't hurt yourself even more. 
Tuan, you just said it. You just said it. You just said but no, how, they, how but, important but just, how important each game is in the NFL, right? Like this is the separation because there's still what five, six games left, and six games left. Right. What I'm saying is they're, you can lose they if, if they happen to lose. Mm-mm. Is they're gonna be in that bad of shape? No, it's not. No, they're still in great shape. But now you're you're trying to keep that separation from the Dallas Cowboys, from the 49ers, right? Because you want home field advantage. That's what you want. So like, this game is important. This is a head to head matchup, and there's so many impl- There can be so many implications at the end of the season. You know, if these teams have the same record going into the postseason, right? Um, so no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that you can, but Ashley, it's not a problem. Like we've been talking about this knee for how many weeks now, you know, like he, he's in there 10 and one, Mm -hmm. right? Every player, every player is dealing with something, you know, even a pain threshold, nerves of steel, if you will. Right. So like, I, I don't even, I don't, the knee's a problem, but it's not a problem. He's 10 and one. This is true. He's balling. This is true. Still finding ways to win. Well, listen, help may be on the way for the Dallas Cowboys, or it may be headed to their arch enemy, the Philadelphia Eagles. Only time will tell. Interesting story developing with former Colts star Shaq Leonard. He visited the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, but left with nothing, not a deal. So, Now Leonard has landed in Philadelphia for a meeting with the defending NFC champions. Now, if Shaq ditches the Cowboys for the Eagles, it's just (laughs) this battle just never ends. It's the bane of my existence. Um, Brandon, this is this couldn't be more of a perfect script. I know we always say the NFL is scripted, but this is a perfect script. You have excuse me. You have a linebacker in Shaq Leonard, who extremely talented, and he's visiting two teams who are going at each other for the NFC East title. They're battling week in and week out to win their games. They're trying. They don't like each other. Their fan bases don't like each other. He has a chance to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. He leaves Dallas with no deal, just lands in Philadelphia, and we all know that Philly loves to stick it to Dallas any chance that they can get. Mm. Um, I mean, this this is like something out of a movie. How do you think this one plays out? Wow, like I didn't even think about that. Like I was thinking it, thinking about it more from a player's uh, standpoint. Actually, I wasn't even thinking about it from a team standpoint, right? Like that is interesting. I can see the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, swooping in here just so the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. you know, don't have a chance. Don't bring them in and. You know, because there's there's so much at stake here. But I was thinking about it more from Shaq's standpoint where it's like, all right, all right, I got two teams that want me, you know. And and, and so now you're leveraging the the teams against each other. You know, Cowboys, sometimes they're slow. They're slow in free agency. They're slow to make moves. Like how many times over the year have we seen players, you know, they teeter with players. They did this last year with Odell Beckham Jr. Remember they brought Odell in around this time and they didn't do anything with them. But obviously, you know, we we found out that Odell wasn't uh, healthy. So I see potentially the Cowboys dragging their feet on Leonard and then Leonard and his team like, you know what, let's go to Philly then. And so we'll see what happens here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he he signs with the Eagles because now it's all about depth. 
But he's going to have to he's going to have to accept his role though because that was the challenge for him. We're talking about a mm-hmm. dude just a year ago, two years ago. He's one of the best linebackers in the business, but now he's dealing with a nerve issue. That's the problem. He's he's back, but he's dealing with a nerve issue. So the the Colts, what the Colts did said we're not going to play you on first down, second down. I think they brought him in on some third downs. It was like packages, mm-hmm. and so he got frustrated with that, and they asked for his release just Sunday. They had him in the suite. You know, they honored him. They did all of the things. And so now when you think about the Philadelphia Eagles or the Cowboys, Ashley, it's like, all right, what are you going to do with them? Mm-hmm. If he was no, if he wasn't available for the Colts, why is he going to be available for you? So it's well, interesting. Do you think it's a combination then of that? And also, as we know, players will always try to get the most that they can from these organizations as they should, whether or not they're completely healthy, whether or not it makes sense financially, logistically for the organization. Do you think it's a combination of him not being what in his mind he is for the Dallas Cowboys and what he's asking based on, or what his team is asking for based on what he is currently? Do you think there's a miscommunication there that resulted in him leaving Jerry's world without a deal? Well, I don't think it's about money, but I think it can be about like, um, you know, how they want to use him, right? Because the Cowboys may, may, may present it to him like, hey, we're going to put you in this package. And Shaq's probably walking away like, well, I just left that situation. I don't think it's a money situation. You know, they're going to take mm-hmm. whatever the Colts was paying him and he's, they're going to pick that up, right? And it could be even a league minimum thing. Sometimes you double dip. There's a whole nother thing, financial thing there. When you talk about the collective bargain agreement, meaning, you know, a team pays you, the Colts are still on the hook for paying him because he's a vet. And then you go to a new team and a new team can give you basically a new contract. You get one opportunity in the NFL to, we call it double dipping. But I think in this situation, he's going to get league minimum. So that's probably like $1.1 million, right? So I think it's more of like a fit thing than a money thing, Ashley. Do you think, um, just saying, what about him just think believing that he can win it with the Eagles? This, I, I, man, I, man, how many times? That's shady, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying he probably believes. Damn, Antoine, like that? That's crazy. Why'd I catch a stray? (laughs) Both teams, Ashley, I think both teams are in position to win it too. I really do, and that's a whole other conversation. I know you're an NFC guy because you're a Chicago Bear guy, so we definitely can talk about that. But how many times have we seen guys in this situation, December, get cut, and then they find themselves in a better situation? He should be patient with this process. If I'm him, I, I may wait another week or two. Well, well, I, well, I've seen with guys like this, especially veteran guys, you kind of look where you're at in your career. And you look at, and I know Ash, you, you don't, you know, you can get mad, but you usually look at where you can win one at. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm just saying, you usually look at where you can win one at, because the money's probably going to be the same. It's not going to be a lot of money, right? So you want to go to a situation where I can win one. I don't at, think he's there. I think he still wants to play. I think, I think okay. for him, knowing him, he trains at our, our Tampa location. He worked his ass off the, the last two years. He's been working his ass off to get back to to form, to his form. He, this is a Pro Bowl player, bro. Mm-hmm. And he's still, I don't even think he, it's like year seven form eight. Like, you know, he's still got a lot of miles, okay? So I think for him, he's like, I want to play. Because that was the situation in, in Indy. Indy, he was upset that he wasn't playing. 
So he, he can get the best of both worlds, you know? So I think that's what he's looking for. Let me ask you guys this. Well, I, mean, I already know Ashley's answer. <laughs> I already know Ashley's answer, but let me ask you this. Do you think the Cowboys have a chance? Is this their year? Man, that's so tough because Ash look at me in my face right now. <laughs> but no, I'm going to be honest with you. I, um, I just don't – I'm not sold on Cowboys. I mean, it's just too much around them for me. I, I'm, I'm not sold on the Cowboys. I, I, I'm, I'm stuck on the San Francisco and the Eagles coming out the NFC. I'm really? stuck, yeah. Now, now out, of the, out of the 49ers and the Eagles, who you got? Oh, I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles too, bro. They strong. <laughs> yeah. That's because he can't focus on his Bears, you know, because, you know. <laughs> so he got he to gotta go and put his focus elsewhere. I am focused on the Bears. I'm focused on our draft picks, you know, deciding if, what we're going to do with our picks. And, Makes sense. Makes you know, sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the future for us. Listen, before we move on, we have some breaking news that make may make Brandon Marshall stand on the couch there in the studio in Chicago. <laughs> Two minutes ago, Adam Schefter reported that the Jets have officially opened the practice window for QB Aaron Rodgers. Um, that was reported two minutes ago. So Aaron Rodgers is now cleared to return to Jets practice. Brandon, thoughts? No, this is, I, I mean, I'm not surprised he said it. This man said it. He said that he's going to play again. That's what he said. But actually, interesting, he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and it seemed like he was slowing it, slowing us down a little bit. He said a lot of it's going to be dependent on his health, which obviously we know that. And the second thing, he was like, you know, playoffs, like if we're in position. So I felt like yesterday he was, <laughs> you know, backtracking a little bit. So it's cool if he comes back and practice. If he feels good, that would be great. Um, but it, it felt – like he was backtracking yesterday. Let me let me ask you guys a question. Why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers take the full rehab? Get, you sound like Ashley. No, I'm just saying, why wouldn't he take the full rehab, get a commitment from the Jets, hey, look, let me come in next year, see what kind of shape I'm in. If my body feels good. Let's try this thing one more time. Well, that's what Ashley, that's her point. Yeah, I'm, I'm understanding why, what's such the urgency of coming back this year? Talk so, to him, Tuan. I've been trying to tell him. So if they were in position, so right now I think the Jets are what? What's the record there? Four and six? Is it four and six? Actually, I don't know. They're not. They're 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 on a few game losing streak, and you know now they're they're pretty much out of position. Mathematically, they're still in it. But if they were, they're four and seven. Four and seven. Oh, they're definitely out of it. <laughs> Golly, they're out of it. Not yeah, mathematically, so but but if they were in position, and you feel healthy enough. That, that you can protect yourself. You take advantage of the opportunity because you don't get too many opportunities to make it to the playoffs. You don't get too many opportunities to go on the run. How long are you going to have that defense together? Other guys got to get paid. You got you got young stars on rookie deals. That's That changes over the next two years. Guys going to get paid but, next year. But, so they, they may not be this strong. The Jets were uh, Aaron Rodgers away from really contending. And so I will take Aaron. Look at this. I'll take it here. It's so beautiful. Look at him throw this ball. Bro, bro, do you know this is like this is like Steph Curry shooting the three? Look at that. Bro. So just, just, oh a, so just imagine if he goes ahead, takes the full rehab, get himself together. No, I want him at seventy. I'll take a seventy percent uh, Aaron Rodgers over a hundred percent anybody. Not anybody. I'll take seventy percent of Aaron Rodgers over the field. Well, 
There's nothing wrong with waiting to next year. There's man. nothing wrong. Let this man get healthy. You sound like Ashley. Just let him get healthy and give it a shot next it's year. It's called logic. That's why, Brandon. Okay. It's called logic. You want that man listen. to go out there on a semi-heeled Achilles for a four and seven football team to do what exactly? Well, well, well. Just well, so that well. you can be proven right. But let me ask you a question. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is doing this to keep himself motivated so he rehabs properly and pushes himself through. What if he's just doing this to make himself keep himself going that he can come back? So, instead of just sitting there, because he could just be chilling right now, doing regular rehab, not putting no pressure on that's it. Right. And then, you know, when the season's over, get out there to get himself back. Maybe he's just doing this just to keep himself motivated and keep himself going so he can come back next year and be healthy. No, I listen, I think there's a lot of ego in this too. I think one, he made this statement because he felt like the Jets could be in position during his return and he would be the answer to getting them over the hump. Now, when you think about how things have gone over the last five, six games, I feel like ego takes over where it's like, I could be, they're gonna talk about this for a long time. Think about that. This dude was walking a month and throwing the football on the field. No, no little willy thing, <laughs> no crutches. A month he was doing this, okay? And so now we're talking about him coming back from an Achilles three months later? That's legendary, bro. So I think that's the ego. I, he's enjoying this. He enjoys this. He knows what's happening. He, he, he does this every pregame. So I feel like now it's an ego thing. But like with with Ashley saying now the logic is probably setting in for them. It's like, yeah, bro, we are four and seven, you know, maybe not. But my whole thing from the beginning was if the Jets are in position and he feels like he can protect himself, you definitely come back because you don't get these these many opportunities. So. All right. Well, we shall see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and the New York football giants. It's this disaster going on in MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, but – that's what Jersey is is kind of known for, if you've ever been there. Moving on, as you know, Brandon Marshall has been in Chicago all week. And he's not just doing it for fun. He's there for a very specific reason. Tonight is the night the I Am Iconic Tour kicks off at Cine Winery in Chi-Town with none other than Cam Newton. And I hear that the musical guest has been announced. Brandon, do you want to make that announcement here on the show? Yeah, so Vic Mensa is blessing us. He's going to uh, stop in and sit with us for, you know, about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, it's going to be dope. You know, he's one of those artists where, you know, he's huge. It's like almost like in the underground, like huge. He's not mainstream. But, like, if you know music, especially lyrically, you know, some people have him over chance lyrically, which is crazy in Chicago. <laughs> no, you laughing, but that's the reality. So, no, it's going to be dope sitting with uh, Vic Mensa. Um, tonight is the night. 1129 um, is here. And um, 730, if you, if you haven't gotten your tickets, get your tickets. But it's going to be dope. Well, if you want to go ahead and see what kind of vibes you can expect, we have a little video of, of the flow that they're going for. So go ahead and check out this <laughs> right here. One, two, three. Get down. Even if you are not ready for the day. <laughs> 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 
to know what to see. Even if you are not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. goes down to Night City Winery in Chi-Town. Brandon, uh, give the people just a little bit of what they can expect. Yeah, to, I mean, it's, it's basically our podcast, our show, Funky Friday, I Am Athlete, live. Uh, the cool thing about Cam and I is, like, our chemistry is just, it, it's, it, so it's me, insane. Hold on, let me ask you a question just to help the folks out. So is this going to be strictly, because I want to know, is this strictly just sports talk? Yeah. Are we getting into real world talk? Yeah. Are y'all, I mean, is it no holes bar? How are we doing this? How, how's this going? Is Twan so, going to go ahead and, and open sing. up the, the show with his singing? All right, so the oh, format is this. Yeah, you're going to go at me like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was shocked. No, but when you watch Funky Friday and you watch I Am Athlete, it, it, that is the format, right? Like, we don't just put ourselves in, box and, uh, in a box and talk sports. You know, I would say 70, 80% of the things that we talk about is culture is hot topics is you know um you know we lean more towards the that towards that and then 20 30 percent is sports right i think the sports brings people in yo the debate between lebron but then you're talking about financial freedom then you're talking about mental health you're talking about relationships you're talking about real things um but the format is this so we're going to open the show i'm gonna give a little bit and then it's going to be passing the ox we're going to battle. So it's when we're going to spend probably like 20 minutes battling there. All right. And then we're going to transition into um, I got to get some shit off my chest. Okay. And that's like, you know, you write, can write, I write, you know, and then we're going to be able to talk about some deep, 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 deep stuff. And then the audience is going to be able to engage. Hell, there might Twan, because I know Twan going to be in the building. You might go underneath the table. You might have a sticky pad there. You got to ask us a question. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we got another segment, right, where it's it's just straight engagement from uh, the audience and everybody's coming out rocking with us. And then we'll bring out Vic, you know, in the next hour. So cool segments, cool blocks, because my vision for it is not just like let's sit down on some on some stools and just talk. It's like almost like a Broadway. It's going to present itself almost like a Broadway show. Can y'all handle that, though? Yeah, we ready. That's what I was saying. Like, Cam and I, bro, like, you know how it is. It's kind of like me and you. Me and you can sit here for three hours, talk about anything, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's like, it's hard to find that type of chemistry. And when you're on TV, you know, you do things like this, the chemistry is everything. And so me and Cam, we can sit there for two hours by ourselves. So there's no topic off limits? No topics off limits. With him? Hell no. Okay, I'm just making sure so the people know what they, every, every, you know, it's, it's going to be more than just sports talk. Right. That's how we're just making sure. Twan, you, like pull it, you pulling up? You going to be in the building? Yeah, of course. They're in my city. Ash, you, I, I know I thought you probably don't know this, Ash. You ain't came to Chicago a lot, but. I've never been come, to Chicago at all. I know, but when you come oh, to Chicago, never been to but Chicago. when you come to Chicago, you have to check in with me. I, I, I actually Chicago. think I'm pulling up this summer, so. That's so, the best time. Yeah, that the winter you're going to have to miss me. But yeah. Yeah. but I think I'm actually going to be there this summer. So I'll yeah. definitely hit you. I was Mr. South Beach. I've always been Mr. Chicago. I was Mr. South Beach. But now I'm back home, though. But you got to, you know, when Brandon came to Chicago, you know, you got to see when Brandon texts me, you know, I'm on my way to Chicago. I'm be here. You know, when he came in, I took care of him. Took him to karaoke. 
Nice. A good time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So when I pull up in the summer, I'm gonna I'm hit you up. I'll be like, Yo, I'm here. What's good? What are we doing? No yes, problem. Sir. I'm a great tour guide. All right. Say less. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to sixty percent on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Listen, uh, speaking of tour guide, LeBron says a lot needs to change in L.A. And uh, somebody, somebody or something may be torn another city sooner rather than later. It was a historic night for LeBron on Monday night. He passed Kareem for most minutes played in NBA history, but also suffered one of the worst losses of his absolutely illustrious career with a 44-point beatdown in Philly. When asked after the game what needs to change with these Lakers, LeBron simply said, a lot. Word to 21 Savage right there. Antoine, biggest problem with the Lakers right now. What is it? Too Le- LeBron dependent. You know what I mean? That's not, not mm. taking anything away from LeBron. Um, I just think the team is still built around him. And when you're building around a guy, LeBron's, what, 38, 39 years old? He'll be 39 in December. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, that's tough. You're asking for a guy at that age. And, and obviously LeBron is playing at a very high level. But you ask for a guy that age to, to deliver for you night in and night out. I think that's a lot. Do you you said that it's LeBron dependent? I actually think their issue is that it's Anthony Davis dependent, and oh, Anthony Davis okay. is co- inconsistent. The well, offense me, me... is is I feel like constructed and has been constructed around AD, which they think is a big chunk of their problem. Well, the thing is, LeBron still handles the ball mostly um, on the team. He's still creating plays for other guys. Um, do you still want a guy at that age having to create plays for everybody that's on the floor? No. They, so that's 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 one problem. So it's, it cuts off some of the other guys from being able, you know, a Russell and a Austin, you know, those guys to, to be able to do some things on their own because everything is so pick and roll heavy with LeBron and AD and him coming off and creating plays for other guys. So, um, And there's nothing wrong with that. LeBron has earned that right. I just think you have to have different 
a certain type of caliber players have to be around LeBron. LeBron's best year is when you surround LeBron with great three-point shooting and another guy who right. can go get you 20 and 10, which AD can't get you on any given night. But the things that have been great with LeBron has been when he's had great three-point shooting, when he's able to come off the pick and roll and make plays and do a lot of things and find his shooters, and then having another guy that can go get him 20 and 10 on a given night. Let me ask you this, bro. Do you think LeBron thinks he has a chance this year? Or is he sitting in L.A. like, yo, it sucks? No, I, I, I think he wouldn't. Have, I, you got to think LeBron is in the position where he doesn't have to, he didn't have to play. He could have retired after he got the scoring title mm-hmm. with his MVP, you know, obviously with obviously his championships. Now you got the scoring title. So you, so I, it, I'm actually. Is it, is, it, is it house money now? Is he, that's, I, what, I, that's I, what I'm just, trying to get to. I don't think LeBron. Basically what I'm trying to get to is LeBron good. Is he full, right? I think, I think obviously um, he still has a, a passion, a love for the game that's still burning inside. Because after he got the scoring title, he didn't have to come back, if you really think about it. He's got championships. He's got the scoring title. Um, obviously, he's made a ton of money uh, playing the game. But I think it's for the love. I think he still believes he's still got a burning desire to play the game, and you got to appreciate that. Um, sometimes we see guys lead the game before they have to lead the game. And to see him still being able to play, and the only reason I say that because the numbers speak for itself. He's still putting up incredible numbers at his age. So he's still very productive. He's still one of the best 24 players in this league. So it's hard to say um, that he doesn't want to play. He wants to be there. He wants to compete at the right. highest level. I just think for for us as fans of LeBron and have watched him, if he's not in the top two, three teams in the league, you know, it's kind of like it's, – It's a waste. Yeah, it's kind of like why are you so, playing, bro, like so, you know, type of type of situation. Right. But um, I do appreciate it, and, and he's not a bad product on the floor. He's not – you know, kind of like when Michael came back at 39, 40, it was tough. You know, it wasn't the same Michael um, when he was with Washington. Um, so it wasn't, it didn't have the same effect. They right. wasn't winning. At least the Lakers are in the mix. You know, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They're in the mix. They got a chance to kind of, you know, compete for an NBA championship if everything lines up right so, for them. So, Ashley, let me ask you this question. What is the solution? Well, what do they do? I think one of the biggest question marks about this team has always been the consistency, not just of Anthony Davis, who I think is instrumental in the success of the Lakers, but the supporting cast is also inconsistent. And you can't have inconsistency from your starters and your bench. You have to go ahead and have some level of a foundation somewhere. And the issue with the Lakers is that they don't have that. If you look at across teams across the league, and the really, really good ones at least, you know what you're going to get from a certain group of players consistently, whether that's two starters, one bench player, whether that's all your starters. You know, for example, you know, Devin Booker is always going to consistently, bare minimum, give you 20 points a game. You can rely on that. You know that Kevin Durant's consistently going to give you 25 points a game. You look at Miami, you know your bench players, Duncan Robinson, consistently going to give you 10 to 15. You can rely on those numbers. The issue is that there's no relate. There's no reliability on this Lakers team. And, Tuan, my question to you is, we look at Anthony Davis, who has been the biggest question mark for two reasons. One, health. And like I always say, some guys are just injury prone, and you can't hold that against them. Yes, you can question maybe his conditioning in the offseason, but some guys, their body is just what their body is. It's unfortunate, but it's their reality. But I think that with Anthony Davis, the bigger question is, is that when he is available, 
he's still inconsistent in his productivity. And what I mean by that is let's just go through his last few games. You have 17 points, 32 points, 10 points, 26, 27, 16, 9, 19, 30, 18. Some people will look at that and say, well, he's averaging 21. But when you actually look at the fine prints, that's not consistency. That's just some weeks are going ahead and giving you jacked up numbers, which is jacking up your average. But when you actually look at game-to-game basis, there are some games he's a non-factor, and then there are some games he's the only factor. So the Anthony Davis question I have for you is, the Lakers knew what AD was when they gave him that extension. It's going to be extremely difficult to find a team that's willing to absorb a contract for a player who's 30-plus years old, injury-prone, and also inconsistent. What do the Lakers do about Anthony Davis? It's tough. I think, obviously, the Lakers, I believe, gave Anthony Davis the contract that we saw because they have to continue to put a superstar next to LeBron. Once LeBron committed to coming back to playing basketball – you have to make sure you put another superstar next to him. And I think that was part of the reason why the Lakers did um, give Anthony Davis his contract. Um, I think right now for Anthony Davis, he has to – what is his desire? Does he want to you know, win another NBA championship? Does he want to be one of the top five players in his league? Yeah. We all know skill-wise he can be. Um, is, where is his mentality at? That's, that's something inside that obviously we're not there on a day-to-day basis to know that. Um, but that's what we got to see from Anthony Davis. That's why you see sometimes this inconsistency because you don't see it night in and out. He'll give you 30 and 15 and you'll think he's back, and then right. you'll have these nights where he doesn't <laughs> produce at all. So that's that's the part that's a little disheartening. Um, he's a guy from Chicago. I love him. Um, you know what I mean? What part I, of Chicago? He's, he's from, from Southside, right? He's from, he from the city. Okay. He's right. from the city. He okay. legit. Okay, he legit. Okay. He legit. He's from the city. Um does but the city just, mean south side for people who don't know what that means? Well, it's, it could be north side, east side, west okay. side. It yeah. could be. It could be. So just not from the burbs, like you from the city yeah, yeah, of Chicago. Yeah. He, he's just not from the. He's not from the suburbs. He's from the city. Because that's what I asked that question to him. Because like y'all got to y'all just bred different, and like I I just don't see him slapping somebody like <laughs> like what what is it that you want? That's what you're asking, mm-hmm. like that toughness, bro. That maybe every grit. area of the city has a different flow no, you know I south think, side's a little more uh, north side's a little bit more namaste you know what i mean i just think you know every every guy's different if you look at anthony davis's career we always question him but think about when they did win and when the lakers were on top when he first got there it was a motivation one lebron motivated him and really pushed him but he played at a, at a level that he had something to prove you know that's the sometimes when you get these guys he gets a three-year extension um, hmm. You know, where's his motivation at? Where are we going? This we going? Are we finna build this around you? Hmm. LeBron's maybe retiring. You know, what I mean, all those things play a part. I just think you got to figure out where Anthony Davis' head is at. Um, they need him to be an MB, a Joker. They need big numbers from him. It shouldn't be coming from LeBron. Is that too much of an ask, though? I mean, we've seen it because we've seen Anthony Davis and we've seen the type of player that he is. And when I say that, what I mean is. When he's good, he's really good. But when he's not, you feel it. And he gives you that up and down, that roller coaster, those roller coaster performances throughout the entire season. So expecting him now at this stage in his career to flip the switch and all of a sudden be a Jokic or Embiid, I feel like is a tall order that he can't 
fulfill. We've already seen the type of player that he is. Now you're asking him to basically change his entire character as a as an athlete. Well, I think that's something you have to take with the Lakers organization. I would never mm. give him a three-year extension if that was not the case or the, 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 the mentality that he was going to have coming in that, hey, I'm going to be a top-five player in this league. Um, don't get me wrong. LeBron's at the end part of his career, so mm -hmm. you can't expect LeBron to be that top-five player. Right now, you know, Anthony Davis' skill set and what he can bring to the table when, he, when he's right, he's a 25-15 rebound guy a night, probably with three blocks. And dominates. Now, obviously, he doesn't give us give us that consistently, and that's been the problem. But I'm not giving. A, I'm assuming if you're giving a guy a three year extension, you sit down with your superstars, and I sit down with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I say, look, we're gonna give him three years. LeBron, you feel like you got a couple years left? Let's keep this thing together. That's got to be the mentality. That that to me, I don't think LeBron James comes back, and not a commitment from Anthony Davis that we're trying to win this thing again. And that's the part that gets a little disheartening sometimes because you're seeing a guy like LeBron at his age put up huge numbers and still be able to dominate, and then you have some of this inconsistency um, in Anthony Davis. So that's that's the part that, that, you know, me being from Chicago, you get a little upset about that you don't see this because you know his skill set mm -hmm. and what he brings to the table. And when he's right, there's probably no other big man in the league better than him when he's right. Right, 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 right. Man, it's year twelve though. You know, it's 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 crazy, uh, Ashley Twan. Like when we talk about Anthony Davis, we still talk about him as if he's a developing player, and that's the frustrating thing mm -hmm. for me. It's like when do we just say it is what it is? You know, it's like year twelve, and he he's not bringing it all together. And uh, if I'm LeBron James, I'm extremely frustrated. Shout out to LeBron, man. He's just the ultimate team, uh, t uh, uh, team teammate. You know, there's so many guys that be like, man, I'm over this. I'm moving on. But well, he never he, says he's the a, wrong thing. But you guys think he's won a championship with him. They've had some success. And you know this, B. You know when you had success with a guy and he got, obviously he knows AD um, a lot better than we do. They spend right. a lot of personal time together. So you get a love and a like for a guy. So you overlook a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that, that plays a part too. But can you imagine, like, LeBron, he – he really chasing MJ. He really is, right? And, and it's like you're sitting here at 38, about to turn 39 um, here soon. And, 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 like, you can still do it. You can still contribute at a high level. And the guys around you are letting you down. Well, I think – You know what I'm saying? Because, like, LeBron is in this space. Now you notice LeBron's in this space where the game is so slow. And he can like will his team to victory. His 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 IQ is crazy. B, you know this though. You you we know this as professional athletes, and you know this be playing with so many different players. Everybody' mindset is different. We know LeBron is chasing championships. Everybody's not chasing that. You never know what a guy's mentality is. You right. know what I mean? So some some guys have a passion to to be a winner, to win multiple titles. That's what makes the Kobe Bryant's, the Michael Jordans. You know what I mean? Larry Bird and Magic so special. Right. Right. You know, but everybody don't have every player don't have that. When I went to the Heathens and I signed up to play with D Wade and Shaq, my mentality compl changed completely. I wasn't thinking about no All Star game. I wasn't thinking about no individual stats. I was like, what I got to do to get this ring, bro? Right, right. Like right. your whole mind, your mindset changed. Whatever I got to do, whatever role you want me to play. I was coming off the bench when I first signed. I'm averaging twenty and ten. You told me Stan Van Gundy was like, hey, I need you to come off the bench. Right. <coughs> I was like, what? But I understood the goal. 
Then Pat Riley came. No, you don't come off the bench. You start. And you just got to play a certain way when you play with these guys. And I'm going to bring you off the bench. I'm going to take you out the game early. And when I bring you in, then you do you. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a, you got to have that, that, that mentality. And I think with LeBron and the pieces that they put around him, you got to put championship mentality pieces around him. And I'm talking about the seventh, the eighth right, man, right, the ninth right. man that's on the team. It ain't just Anthony Davis. What about the other young guys on that team? Is it important for them? Are they trying to win a championship? Are those guys trying to get them another contract? Are they just trying to stay in the league? That's when you have those type of guys. You got to put the right pieces around too. Ashley, well, we are. So, Ashley, are we panicking? They're only three and a half games back. Um, um no, I think it's a fair uh, conversation to have given the history of the Lakers and also the history of Anthony Davis, but. Listen, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. We're just now getting out of November, um, so only time will tell. But we're going to spin the block a little bit and go back to Aaron Rodgers um, because NFL Twitter is in absolute chaos right now with this recent news of the Jets opening the practice window for A-Rod. Now, it is important to note that opening the 21-day practice window does not clear Aaron Rodgers' return to play. It's just the next step in his rehab. The window could just as easily close without, without him actually returning to the field in a game. He needs to continue to feel better, and the Jets need to obviously win some games, but his recovery continues. Now, it is also just, again, Aaron Rodgers, the rules don't apply to this man because he tore his Achilles just 79 days ago at 40 years old. Um, so he has been clear, quote, for functional football activity. That is per head coach Robert Sala. Now, we got to dive into this because a lot of people, the conspiracy theorists are out. Um, some are saying this is all just a PR campaign to keep the Jets in the news. A-Rod will not be suiting up for the Jets this season. And some may think that he didn't even actually tear his Achilles. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Brandon, I know you love a good conspiracy theory. Go ahead. Um, before, before you go, before you go, can I, you and Ash both can answer this question. Yeah. I've never been hurt before. Um, had a serious injury in my career. You never had. I never had a surgery. I oh, never wow. had surgery or a serious injury in my career. Ash, Love I that you for got, you. You got hurt last year. Yeah, you, had your, you was, you, know, you hurt, you hurt your foot last she year. She was on IR, right? For a long um, time. But I, I'm, I, I asked this question honestly. Like, I think people need to understand Aaron Rodgers' injury. Yeah. I think because you know we hear how oh, he's coming back, but I think sometimes we have to really let people know and understand how serious his injury is. And when we hear these talks, from what I'm understanding, when you hear these talks about him coming back, are like crazy because he's. There's no way he should be able to come back. That's right. Like for a year. So, so, so think about it, right? We just we we're talking basketball. Kobe Bryant dealt with this. Mm -hmm. Remember, um, Kevin Durant, and there's so many other players that we can name, right? Mm -hmm. Look how long it took for Kevin Durant. Actually, what was it? What, did it take like almost a year and a half for KD yeah, to come back? About about right? completely. But then he also in in the interim of dealing with the Achilles, I believe he came back, and then it was a knee situation that kind right. of prolonged his return. So it was a combo thing. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's tough, but then you got to look at the severity, right? So severity, and it's hard because I've never dealt with an Achilles, you know, uh, full tear, partial tear. And then now the uh, this new procedure, right? Because his procedure is different, which is allowing them uh, to recover faster. 
he's not the only one. The running back for the Rams did it last year, and he came back, I think it was four and a half, four to four and a half months, mm -hmm. right? So this has been done before, but it's a new thing. So Kevin Durant didn't, he didn't have this uh, uh, available for him, or a Kobe Bryant didn't have this available for him. So, you know, it's definitely a serious, serious injury, but Aaron Rodgers, think about it. Aaron Rodgers is the one that's making 30, because he was making 60. He was due to make $60 million this year. <laughs> he took a big pay cut. But I'm saying that because, you know, when Ashley and I always talk about this, like so much is on the line. But why would, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's his own career, right? He's the one that has $30 million at stake of playing and certain other, other things at stake in his health. Why would he put himself in a position where he feel like he can't protect himself or he can't go out there and contribute? So if Aaron Rodgers say he wants to come back and he he's in position, then let him come back. Let him come back. I mean, listen, it, the biggest question is is like we you, like I read in the report, this is not clearing him to come back to the field. The Jets would have to win and show some signs of life for that to even be a conversation, but I want to go back to I mean it's been less than three months, 79 days. He's 40 years old. This is absolutely insane. I mean, we've never seen the type of turnaround like this for an athlete at all, but let alone an athlete of his age. I mean, the procedure, when we had Sterling Shepard on the show, he mentioned that, you know, when he sustains his injury, that the procedure was still in its very infancy stages I'm guessing so it wasn't what the standard was it was kind of it was very much a gamble to go ahead and get a procedure like that that the standard was the more traditional one with the longer turnaround time in terms of recovery Aaron Rodgers just being going against the grain and everything that he does decided to get this new age procedure that has clearly worked wonders brandon i mean can this become everybody's body is different everybody yep. reacts differently to different procedures different medicines totally understand that but given how this has worked for a rod do you see the possibility of this now becoming the new standard for achilles injuries absolutely why you know why wouldn't it right um we have this thing in the league where we say it's a copycat league, meaning if this if this team runs a reverse and it works, we're gonna run a re reverse. <laughs> if you do the 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 push tush, whatever, the brotherly shove, whatever they're calling that in Philly, then we're gonna do it, right? So the league is really trendy and guys study each other. And so if it works for Aaron Rodgers, you know, why wouldn't it work for you? That's how you think, that's the mindset. Um, you know, if I'm a guy dealing with an Achilles injury, he's the first person I'm calling. You know, well, let me ask you guys a question. Both of you guys can answer this. Um, why? Why is, why is Aaron Rodgers making it such a point to, one, try to come back this year? But this guy's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, he can call it quits, and I don't think nobody would be upset being that he had a legitimate injury, this Achilles injury. Why do you think he's working so hard to come back? Ashley, you want to go first? Um, I'll go first because mine's pretty short. I think that... <laughs> One, I don't think he's coming back. I don't. Okay. But I also think that Aaron Rodgers is just somebody who's just mentally just built different. I think that it's not so much about it being a necessity for him to come back. I kind of feel like it's just to show that everybody that he can do it. 
You know what I mean? He just strikes me as one of those type of guys. Like, it's not really necessary for him to do it. It's just like, I'm going to show the world that I can do it. Um, so that's where I stand on this. I don't know if Brandon feels differently, but I mean, I, I just don't. He knows. He knows in his hearts of hearts this is not a Super Bowl winning team. He knows that this team is probably going to lose several more games before he's even cleared to actually play a real football game. He just wants to show the world and all the scientists and the people who are going against him that I am above science, I am above medicine, and I can work wonders. I'm better than all of you. That is my philosophy. So, no, I'm with you there. That's, what, that's why I always say ego, right? Like, that's a big, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, as a player, you see, you never dealt with these type of injuries, right? So it's, it's you're so competitive. You take that competitive mindset set into your rehab. And so, like, for you to be able to say, I was the fastest to come back from this Achilles <laughs> injury, you know, it's a that's a big deal. So I definitely believe ego has a, a huge role in this. Um, but also, I think there's a little selflessness in this as, as well, where for his team, right? Like, remember, Ashley, we kept talking. We kept we talked about this a lot. The narrative around Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay was he wasn't a good teammate, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't developing and bringing his younger receivers along. In the offseason, you know, you see most quarterbacks get together with their guys. They may go to the Bahamas. They may go to South Beach. They may go to L.A. And they throw, they, they eat, they do all those things together. Aaron Rodgers wasn't doing that. What happens? He gets traded to the Jets. And literally within three months, the entire narrative changed. Everybody loves him. He, he's the perfect teammate. He takes a $30 million pay cut just so he's able to go get more guys before the trade deadline. Can we go get a Devontae Adams? Can we go get my left tackle out of Green Bay? So all the hype around the Jets, I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers also, like, he, he feels like he owes something to him. Mm -hmm. Because before, it, 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 it seemed like it was the other way around. Like, no, you owe me, Green Bay. I'm Aaron Rodgers. This team goes out there. They give up everything they gave up for him, knowing that they probably only going to have him for maybe two years. I, I think he feels bad. Right. What was it? it? Ashley was there. Ashley was the game. Ashley, what was it? Play four or five? It was like what, 70. Was it was 75 seconds into the game. 75 seconds into the game. Oh, Ashley true. wasn't even sitting in her seat yet. She was still taking pictures with Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> I wasn't even she in was, my seat. She didn't even see the play. No, she that's a true story. I actually didn't even see the play. Like, it was so early in the game that all I heard was the crowd reaction, which made me, like, stop what I was doing and look around, and you see Aaron Rodgers laid out on the floor. And I just remember this. We were in a suite, so, you know, you can – there are seats in front of you, um, like, in stands, like, where the fans are. And I just heard one guy screaming at the top of his lungs, like, shaking his fist at the sky, we're cursed, we're <laughs> We're cursed. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. What did you say, Ashley? You said the energy totally shifted. Was it like No, it was almost like if you blew up a balloon and then you like released the air out of it. It was insane. Like it was the amount of remember it was the nine eleven game. This was in New York. Um time. Monday was it Monday night? It was Monday night football. So you know, the, they did the ceremony, the flag and the rockets and the fireworks. And then you can just feel the energy in MetLife. And, you know, the fans were so excited and you could hear them screaming, this is our year. This is our year. And then 75 seconds into the game, 
you could almost hear a pin drop. And when he started, when he had to be helped off the field is when I heard that guy scream, we're cursed. I know we're cursed. I don't know what we did, but we did something. They hate us. The football gods hate us. It was, <laughs> it was just a drastic 75-second change in energy. It was insane. So that's that, and that's why I say, Tuan, that you know, there's a little selflessness there potentially because it's like all that hype around him and what they gave up for him, and you know, the excitement around the whole organization. I, I think he feels <laughs> like, man, let me let me bring some juice and some excitement to this team, even if it's just for a couple of games. Now, I will say this, right? Because I've, I've I've said it all year: if the Jets are in position. You know he should come back if he if he wants to if he feels good, but if they're not, I would probably say just chill. Maybe go out there and practice a little bit if you feel comfortable taking a few reps. Maybe, you know what I'm saying. Um, but he probably should chill if they're if they're when they're eliminated, mathematically eliminated. Yeah, let's sit down. Yeah, reset and come back next year. Yeah, I mean, and figure it out. You know what I mean? Get get healthy. Yeah, kind of slow down the process a little bit. Yep, and really give it a chance. I mean, I, I'm. I'm actually impressed. I mean, because you know, he could easily retire and call it quits. And you no, know, he can't. No, he can't. What do you mean? You can't go out that way. Come on, you know that's a competitor. It's like we were talking about Djack today. MJ, you just brought up MJ. MJ came back, went to the Wizard. What athlete you know is comfortable? You know, just going out that way. You felt some type of way. You knew you was like, damn, like I got I still got more to prove. I still got more to question. Take. You want to leave you can't go out like that. Yeah, I, I can see that because you do want to leave on your own. But you, you know don't want you, you don't want the injury to, to take you out. See you just you settle you now you fully settled into retirement. You 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 over it. You, what happened to your athlete mindset, bro? You lost it? No, I'm just I'm looking at the rehab process of him coming back. I'm looking at where the Jets are at as far as are they going to continue to put the, the right team around them? Right. You don't want to come back just to come back. Yeah. I mean, you want to come back to compete, to have a chance to at least obviously make the playoffs. You know, Super Bowl is always on his mind, but what are we doing? Yeah, are they in position? We we in position. It's the same thing. It's, it's like when we just talked about LeBron. It's like you have to continue to put pieces around. I don't need for LeBron to come back to just to play basketball if I'm not competing. That's the, that's the tough part about LeBron playing in the eighth seed, the ninth seed. Right. What are we doing? I mean, yeah. obviously, the scoring title was cool. Like, we wanted to see him get that, so he stayed in the league. But now what are we playing for? What was this other thing that he just did, uh, Ashley and Twan? Like, 20, 29,000 points, like the first player. Did. He, so, what is he? What is that? Oh, is he, I mean, as long as he keeps playing, he's going to keep shouting records. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't. he's not number one in points, is he? Yes. He passed Kareem last year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> stay stay, stay with us, Brandon. Stay with us. I know. Listen, we're gonna uh, spin the block That's what again. I was saying. Like you know, it was it was important. That was a. I know. I that was enough motivation for him to continue to keep playing. Was the the pass LeBron? I mean, I mean the pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for LeBron to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was enough motivation right there. Well, let's go ahead and uh, spin the block one more time because Tyreek Hill is talking about his ex, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs, that is. Uh, it's fair to say that the Dolphins are one of the best teams in the NFL this season, but are they an all-time great, like greatest show on turf great? Well, Tyreek Hill had some interesting comments about what he thinks about his current team against his previous team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen to this. 
we got the perfect team to do it. You know, the way our head coach prepares us each and every week, man, um, it's next level. And he keeps each and every one of his guys in tune with the game plan and how we keep attention to detail each and every week. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Like, the way we practice, like, the way um, we play for one another is is something that I've never seen before in a team. Like, I won a Super Bowl, and I feel like this is probably the the better team oh, than okay. when we won a Super Bowl back when I was on KC. Yeah, when you yeah, said so what? All right, so listen, in case you forgot, 2019, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill is saying that this Miami Dolphins team is better than that team. Brandon, thoughts? First of I all, absolutely love this. the setup from CBS Sports out in Miami. They're down there for um, all things soccer right now. Sensational, the yachts in the background. I know if you're watching in New York, you're miserable because it's 27 degrees there and there's yachts in the background of that shot. But I digress. Go ahead, Brandon. Right, right. Um, I can understand this, right? Um, wide receiver position, they're better. Tyreek Hill's there. And you got Waddle. Mm. And you got other guys on that. They're deep at wide receiver. Running back position, they're better, right? Offensive line, better. I think they struggled that year from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, you know, this 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 Chiefs defense that we see today, that didn't exist in 2019. You got Jalen Ramsey, you got Xavier Howard, right? Phillips just went down, right? They're deep. So I absolutely understand that. And I would probably say he's right, but that doesn't make them better. <laughs> Meaning like from a um that doesn't make them like the the talent doesn't always equate to Super Bowls, right? And so they now they got to do it. And Patrick Mahomes is a big deal. So Patrick Mahomes might cover two or three people himself, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is him. And then you got to look at coaching as well. Andy Reid is 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 dope. Um, McDaniel, uh, he's he's amazing as well. But is he? The question is, is he Andy Reid? So now they just have to do it from a talent standpoint. Yes, now can they gel and peak now in December? This is real. This, like what uh, Julian Edelman says, it's cream season. <laughs> it's cream season. It's time. This is this is real football right now. So your team is going to show, show you exactly who they are. It's what season? He says cream season. We're in cream season. That's what he calls it. Cream season. I don't know. I don't know. Like C-R-E-A-M? Yeah, cream? I guess cream season. It's cream season. Leave, <laughs> leave it alone, Ash. Ash, just leave it alone. We got to get Julian Element on the show to ask him <laughs> where did he come up with this cream season. He explained it one time, but it went, it went in one ear and out the other. BC just leave, said, hey, yo. Yeah, I guess cream meaning like cash rules everything around me. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least that's what I hope it means. How you feel about, how you feel about Tyreek's comments? I mean, what is he supposed to say? He's on – this is the team he's on. Is he going to say that the Chiefs were better than them? No. Like, I think that he's doing what exactly he should be doing, and I think that is gassing his current team up and downplaying the competition of his previous team. You know, 2019 seems like forever ago. So while – it's interesting to say that a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl is better than a team that actually did. I'm not surprised that he did it. I just feel like, you know, he's starting on his ex a little bit. The Dolphins look fantastic. Now, when we get into the playoffs, 
the Dolphins better keep that same energy that they had all season because if not, these comments may come back to haunt him. But I'm not mad at him for saying it. Let me ask you and Brandon this question. You guys probably ask this question all the time, but this is my time on the show, so I want to ask because I'm curious to know, what are the Dolphins' chances? What do you guys think about the Dolphins and having the chance to, to actually go through the AFC and, and possibly get to the Super Bowl? Um, I don't think the Dolphins are the, a Super Bowl team this year. I, it's something – I can't put my finger on it. There's something about it that I just feel like there's a missing connection from that point to that point. But I would not be surprised if they make it to the championship game. I do think that they're that good. I feel like they're st- a step away, and I can't quite put my finger on it, to Super Bowl. And I know Brandon will say it's Tua because he's not a Tua fan. He's kind of a Tua hater. But no, for me, there's a, dis- there's a disconnect when I think about a team that is prepared to win a Super Bowl. When I think about, you know, like a Kansas City Chiefs. When I think about that team in Philly. You know, when I think about some of those other teams – I don't know. There's something about the Dolphins that I'm not 100% a believer, a believer on yet that I don't trust completely to go that far. Mm. So for me, I'm sitting here looking at the standings you have uh, in the AFC East, uh, the Miami Dolphins at 8-3, and three, Baltimore Ravens in the North at 9-3. and three. Uh, In the South, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 8-3 and three, and the Kansas City Chiefs at 8-3. and three. And so... They're in position. For sure. Mm-hmm. Right? They're in position. But I, if I, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, I don't see them beating them. I don't see them beating Baltimore. Like, I think there's something special happening in Baltimore right now. I really do. Like, watch out for the Baltimore Ravens. The defense, they're back. All right? Like, that. W- <laughs> that's what we know the Baltimore Ravens for. The last few years, it's been a Lamar Jackson show. And so now you got this defense, top five defense back, and then you got Lamar just really being a, a, a great manager of the game. He hasn't even flashed yet. Have, have we seen one top ten? Has, have, has Lamar Jackson uh, made Sports, Sports Center's top ten this year? <laughs> and it's not a knock because he's, he's in a discussion for MVP. It's a beautiful thing for him. You know, so but I think I, I, there's something special there, and then also, I, I even like the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, head to head against the against the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins have a chance because, like what Tyreek Hill said, you know, they have the talent, they have the coach. I just feel like, man, we're in the fourth quarter. It's four minutes left in the game. Gotta have it moment. Tua, you gotta go. You gotta go get it done. I just think it's going to come down to like a a bad decision. Because if you watch the last couple of games, so I've been watching the last couple of games, and they're winning. But I see him throw a ball into coverage, interception, but they're that good to overcome it. I see him throw a ball into coverage, and the DB drops the ball. But they're obviously winning, right? And so... The problem is when you're playing against those teams, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Kansas City Chiefs, are you going to be able to overcome those mistakes? And I don't think he's going to be able to overcome those mistakes. So I I, I, I like the Dolphins. I like what they're doing. They're actually having a historical year on offense. 
defensively, you know, Jalen Ramsey is back. He was another guy that talked about, you know, his injury. Remember, he got mad at us, got mad at me, talking about why y'all got this doctor on telling me when I'm coming back. He came <laughs> back. Be, he said, I'm be back in December. He said, that's what, that, that's what they said. He said, I'm going to come back sooner. He came back in November. And this dude got, what, three picks already? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Balling. Balling. Shout, shout out to him. And so that defense is playing well. But they ain't going to have it, Ashley. They're not going to have it. Um, Before we move on, Justin Case in the chat says, B. Marsh, how do you not like Tua, but you like Russ? Same style of play. No, I like – no, 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 no. I like Tua. I like Tua, but I'm watching the game. We're talking about – I'm looking at it like I'm – and I'm really – let me be clear here. I'm nitpicking the game. I'm nitpicking. Wait a minute. You like Russ? No, he doesn't like Russ. He's in love oh, with I was Russell. Say, oh, you jumping on this bandwagon? He's not. He's Twan. Uh, he's not you. jumping on the bandwagon. He's the conductor oh, he of the bandwagon. Oh, he's a. Russ he guy. built okay. the bandwagon. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's no, the Noah Ark of the bandwagon. Right now. Yeah, yeah, bro, I've been I've been heavy on Russ for the <laughs> first. First off, his entire career, I've been a huge fan. You know what I mean? And that was one of my last cup of teas. I got an opportunity to play with him. And that's where our relationship really uh, came together. Like seeing his work, seeing his dedication, his preparation, all of that uh, really inspired me. It pushed me. Um, And so that's where that happened. So even last year, you know, let's ride, let's ride. Like I thought they were, the Denver Bronx would play better. They didn't. They imploded, right? But I stayed strong. I, I I stuck beside him. I stuck this out. Everybody else, everybody else, went, everybody else went left. Even this year, bro. Yeah. He's sitting there. They were sitting there, one and five, whatever. I'm sitting there. I, t- I told Ash, I jumped on the table. Do we? Ha- I don't know if we have that clip. DC. Jumped on the table. I said, I'm telling you guys, it's going to happen. They go out there. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs, bro. And then they go on this amazing run. What is it? Five game win streak. So now everybody's coming on the bandwagon. I bet I built what Ashley say. I built it. <laughs> I love it, but it's beautiful though. This is the most beautiful thing, and I'm so proud of him. I'm happy for him. It's so interesting how the narrative has switched. You know, I called out Shannon Sharp just a couple weeks ago, and then now he says, "In Russ, I trust." Last week, you know what I mean? I was like, "Oh, that's dope," right? For Russell, right? And then Ryan Clark jumped on him, and then Ryan Clark is now saying, "Oh, Russ is cooking," right? And then you're seeing. All these other, whether it's Bleacher Report, Overtime, CBS, Fox, everybody's highlighting him. You know what I mean? And I think that's the amazing, that's the amazing thing about sport. And that's the thing that I all that always pushed me in the off season is I used to take all those negative clippings and I would just put them on the wall in my training facility and I would look at that because I always imagine like, yo, when I get to the podium, when I had that moment, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I had that moment, I'd be like, didn't you say, you don't remember you said, right? So it's pretty cool seeing him being able to turn it around. We've seen guys in the past be able to do it as well. So, Well, we shall keep a lookout on all things Dolphins, Broncos, and everything in between. But right now, it is time for Yo Rookie, presented Yo, no. by Pepsi Zero Sugar, NFL Rookie of the Week. All right, all right. Listen, we have amazing nominees for Week 12. Let's go ahead and remind you of those guys right now. Throw them on the board, BC. Here they are. 
We have C.J. Stroud completed 72% of his passes for over 300 yards and two TDs. Bijan Robinson had 123 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. Rasheed Rice had caught eight passes for 107 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Hyatt caught five passes for over 100 yards. Zay Flowers had 62 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. And last but not least, a guy who made us all believers and a fan yesterday for more than a few reasons, Kobe Turner had four tackles and two sacks in the Rams win. Now, speaking of Kobe, we had him on the show yesterday and we got serenaded by him. We learned the origin of his name. Um, but we also learned a little bit about his <laughs> serenaded. He did. He brought out his guitar. He's a singer and he wrote a song for his yeah. fiance, his now fiance. They were in a long distance relationship for about five years and he wrote a song for her and he played a little bit um, of it for us on the guitar. It was a very beautiful and he's, he's very talented. So, yeah. So while he, Antoine, while you go ahead and take a look at that, we actually spoke to him yesterday about his unique celebration uh, after sacking Kyler Murray. Listen to this. Uh, so for me, that's kind of been a thing since I was at Richmond in 2019. We were just dancing in the locker yeah. rooms, and uh, and one of the captains, you know, cool, started player. conducting on the beat, just like vibing, you know. Um, and and one of the captains was like, "You should do that on Sunday." And so the next week, I got a sack. I thought it was a safety, so I started conducting like crazy, and then. Um, actually, the week after that, you know the old Disney Channel logo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, way back in the day? Yeah, yeah. So I did that <laughs> celebration, trying to draw, like, the little Mickey Mouse ears, but um, but the announcer was like, the conductor, conducting again. So I was like, I guess it's sticking now. So that's been my thing for a little while. Um, but this week, I slowed it down a little bit. Normally, I go a little too fast. Uh, Trey Tomlinson was telling me, he's like, you got to slow it down, like, take in the moment. So I, you know, set up. Brought everybody in, and <laughs> so that was a, a really cool thing. A nod to my music background, because um, I've done. So what a nice guy! What a great guy! Has a great future. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Brandon, could Kobe Turner be the next big defensive star in this league? I don't know yet. I gotta be honest. Like I, you know, <coughs> right now, off to a good start has. Uh, we, I don't know. I don't. I, I can't. It's too early, and that's why I love highlighting um, these rookies because we're getting to know them. Um, I'm not a guy that that rushes, you know, um, after a, a, a year. You know, I need sustained success, right? Anybody can flash, and so the reality is he's off to a great start. Um, he has Aaron Donald as his OG, as you know, someone that can you know, help him navigate through the start of his career and then actually set a blueprint and give him the infrastructure needed to build an amazing career. But we're going to have to see it right now. He's off to a great start. And I love his, and he got his head, his, <coughs> got his head on straight too. Like bro, Twan, he's one of those guys. Like you'd be like, man, I rock with you. I vibe with mm -hmm. you. So great start for him, Ashley. Well, listen, we will see if it's Kobe Turner or any of the other guys that uh, we it's mentioned in our Come week. On. 12 nominees voting closes thursday at 11 a.m the nfl will announce the winner thursday at noon so don't forget to vote at nfl.com slash voting slash rookies that's nfl.com slash voting slash rookies and this has been yo rookie presented by pepsi zero sugar
right, guys. So, um, final minutes, and we have you here, Antoine. So we want to go ahead and get your input on a little conversation we've been having all week. And uh, we first saw Bill star Shaq Lawson appearing to apologize to um, an Eagles fan. Or he did apologize to the Eagles fan. Let me rephrase this. One second. Bill star Shaq Lawson got into it with an Eagles fan during that very, very tumultuous game on Sunday in Philly. He later apologized from what we know. Now, Russell Westbrook recently got into it with a fan during the Clippers and Nuggets match. And uh, the fan had to, or Russell Wilson rather, had to be held back by an official. So we have the video of Russell right here. It looks like the fan is telling him to use his head. Russell Westbrook's not feeling it. Uh, the official is trying to keep Russell Westbrook cool and on the court. And uh, they're going back and forth. And I think we also have the Shaq Lawson video of him shoving the fan at the Philly game. Um, and that, it's a little bit harder to see or hear what he was being said or what was being said to him. But you see he has a beer in his hand. It obviously is contentious. They get in each other's face. Shaq Lawson shoves him. And uh, that was that. As we know, the Bills would go on to lose that game. And over time, the Clippers would lose to the Denver Nuggets without Jokic and without Jamal Murray. So maybe tensions were high because of that. But, Antoine, we've had this conversation, and I said you see this a lot more in the NBA just because the players and the fans are a lot closer um, in proximity than when you watch, you know, an NFL game. There's a little bit more distance between them usually. In the NBA, you're right there, and if you're courtside or just a few rows back, you can hear everything that's being said. How do you think that the pro leagues are going to handle these fan interactions, and do you feel like they're doing enough? Well, it's, it's always tough. I mean, <clears throat> one one players have to be able to take criticism from the fans. You got to be able to take it, and, and fans can say some things that are, <laughs> excuse me, that that can be um, very offensive, and and that can get get up under your skin, especially if, if you're not playing well. But you have to restrain yourself from it because, and if you don't res if you don't restrain yourself from it, you put yourself in a situation. Now you're defending yourself. You're going into the stands, and it's going to cost you more money. So. It's such a tough subject, a slippery thing to um to really deal with. Right. Um. Both need some water. I well, you know, I'm getting over being says, sick. Big Dad, Big I got Daddy congestion. Says, Drink some water, Ashley. Yeah, I'm 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 still really getting over being sick. Go. So that's what we are. Um, we had a conversation, <laughs> Brandon, myself, and B Flow, um, about is it ever okay for players to <sighs> engage with fans now? You let people tell it, and they'll always say, well, you should rise above it. You should tune them out, da 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 But I feel like that's easier said than done. Everybody has a trigger point. Everybody has something that rubs them the wrong way. Have you ever been in a situation where a fan got a little bit too froggy and you had to jump? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did, but I actually put my boys on them. Ooh. <laughs> true story. Yeah, a true story in Boston. So I, I got in a situation where a fan was – constantly bother me and um the same fan my boys just happened to be in town at this time right so i sick my boys on them <laughs> in the game yeah we just gonna let them know that we in the building right so what happened nothing ended up happening they just went in and dressed them 
Like, let it go. Did after that? Yeah, it was over with after that. Was it the same <laughs> fan, Antoine, that would constantly come to games and harass you, or it was like a one-time situation? Well, my first couple years, and people in the Boston fan base is very passionate, and you guys know that. They're very passionate, oh, um, yeah. passionate uh, fan base, and they, they love their team and everything. So um, the first couple years were rough. We wasn't we wasn't a very good team. Obviously, uh, I was a young player, an uh, early pick, and fans used to be on me, and you know – Brandon, I shot a lot of threes. Master shot a lot of threes. So fans should really get on me. That game hadn't translated yet like it is now, where three point shooting from big men were acceptable. So I used to get a lot of lot of flack for that. So it, it was one of those situations where a fan was getting on me and, and giving me a hard time and and you know, I, I got I was got my boys in the stands and we just had to we wanted to address the situation. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a smart move. I don't I you know, obviously it wasn't it wasn't the, uh, it was the a right great move. It wasn't the best thing to do. I mean, it's so, better than you doing you it. Yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, and, and so it was, it was one of those situations. So my first couple of years in the league was tough because Boston fan base was really tough on, 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 on us. And, you know, obviously they had a lot of winning seasons and one of the story franchises ever. So it was tough on me again to, to learn that coming in at 19 years old and understand that, um, you know, and be able to take that, that verbal abuse that you get sometimes. And even from – Reporters, you know, yeah, the, that's you know. the worst. The reporters are the worst. I mean, I have I had an incident with Bob Ryan. You guys know yeah. Bob Ryan. Yeah, right. Bob yeah. Ryan's, you know, legendary. And um, it came to a thing where I had to tell Bob Ryan, like, hey, you got to just keep this with makes and misses. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, your comments. This is when we used to actually read the newspapers and all these things. So I'm like, your your comments and things you said about me, keep it within basketball. Like right. I had to address him, like man to man. So. Those type of situations did happen. So it's tough, man, when you're out there and you're competing. Right, right, right. It's just so tough, man, when you're out there competing to try to figure it out. How well, was dinner after that game? When Did y'all go to dinner? Where did y'all go? With, and I know y'all probably had a couple of drinks and was just laughing <laughs> like, yo, he got scared. He was shook. No, nah, I, I, you know, at that time, you know, being young and a little high-headed and, you know, being a fan getting on you and you ain't playing well, you know, you – and I used, I used to have that posse. You used to know, Brandon, you know I had a crew. I used to run with seven, eight guys that used to be with me on, on a daily basis. So we just wanted to address him a little bit, make sure that he knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Brandon, yeah, we, we, we ready for this. In the last 60, 90 seconds of the show, the floor is yours to go ahead and tee up. You got a little something going on in a few hours. Yes. The floor is yours. Take us out. I am iconic tour myself and Cam Newton is finally here. Something we've been working on for um, a couple of months, like every day. Uh, but this has been in the works for about two years. Just how do we collab? What can we collab on? And this is what we started with. And so I'm excited about it. You know, Cam Newton, like the, I was sitting there, we, we were here, we're actually here in Barstool's uh, new headquarters in Chicago. It's beautiful, by the way. And, um, you know, we're pretty much bouncing around from one show to another show. And uh, I'm just sitting there like, yo, this dude really is like he's him. Right. <laughs> like he was just telling so many stories about like being at Auburn and then going to, you know, being drafted number one overall. Right. And then it's like, you know, his, his personality, you know, is, is, is different. And so, you know, it's uh, it's pretty uh, – we're in a cool position to do something together. Just he and I together can do a whole show, but it'll be so much more than just he and I. So I'm excited. If you're in Chicago, stop by. You know, doors open up at 6, eat, drink, and then the show's going to start at 7.30. So it's going to be fun. Appreciate you teeing me up, Ash. 
All right, guys. Well, that is it for us here at Paper Route. If you're listening on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103, we thank you so much, and we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Stay warm, guys. It's cold up there. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a little chilly. A little chilly, chilly. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.